Welcome to New Destiny Christian Center's Message of the Week. We pray that you enjoy this message and that it blesses you in your walk with God. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at www.NewDestinyChristianCenter.com. If you don't believe in miracles, you do now, right? (laughs) While COVID has shut everything down, I thought I'm going to be in the house anyway. I might as well do something with my time. And so I encourage you, when the devil tries to shut you down, just give him a left hook, amen? Just do something that everybody else said was impossible, that you think you're too old to do, that you think you're too poor to do, that you think you're uneducated and you can't do, do it anyway, amen? Hallelujah. Well, Apostle Joe gives you his greetings, and he will see some of you soon. But I heard very clearly while you were doing your praise and worship, while we were entering into worship, declaration, declaration declaration it's interesting in pennsylvania that that word would come declaration but you know even jesus needed a declaration to do what he was called to do and this is free okay this isn't part of the message this is part of the word of the lord for this morning for this house pastors dave and pastor Teresa. but declaration um, john the baptist said hear ye him He's the one. I'm not worthy. This is Jesus. This is the Savior. This is the Messiah. Listen to him. There was a declaration. Jesus needed a declaration by man. But then the heavens opened and the Lord, God Almighty, said, This is my beloved Son. Hear ye him. He made another declaration. And so once a declaration is made, then there is authority, there is power for you to operate in that declaration. Are you tracking with me this morning? So here's your declaration, NDCC. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. I am declaring this over you. You are a light in a dark city. You are healing to the sick. You are wealth to the poor. You are whatever this city needs, whatever God has for this city, you are. I declare and decree over you Today, this day, everything changes in Philadelphia. Hear the prophet of the Lord this morning. I declare and I decree this is an open reservoir. This is a river flowing from the throne of God. Healing will be here. Deliverance will be here. Addictions will be broken here. Poverty will be broken here. Sickness will be broken here. Restoration will come to relationships. Divorce will be nullified here in Jesus' name. People will get back together, glory to God. The lame will walk. The deaf will speak. Come on. I'm telling you, there is a new anointing in the city. I declare it. I decree it. It shall be so. You have been faithful when the house was little. God's about to give you much. I don't know how much property you own. I don't know whether you can knock out a wall and build on an extension, but go to two services. I don't suggest that. It's really hard on the body, but do what you got to do because I declare and I decree not only is there growth, but there is signs, miracles, and wonders. You've prayed for it. It's here. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you that word is established. I thank you, Father God, you have made a declaration this morning. So be it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Woo, that was good. I had to get that off my chest. That was heavy. Amen. I'm only 5'2", and that was a big one. Amen? All right. Uh, If you're looking for a title this morning, everybody say, walk with it. Come on. Tell your neighbor, you've got to walk with it. Yeah. You've got to walk with it. Amen? Come on. Say it again. You've got to walk with it. Tell your neighbor, walk with it. 
Tell your other neighbor, walk with it. Woo, all right, hallelujah. If you're, you know, only a good preacher has a good title and a good text. After that, you lose him, right? But a great preacher will keep it going. I'm going to keep it going this morning, all right? So here's your text. Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. Now, when I come in a place, I like to shake it up a little bit because so many people get so lazy. Come on, I'm not talking to anybody in the house this morning. I'm talking about them people that aren't even here, right? You people in your pajamas that are listening by live stream. You know, you just look up at the screen and it's just there for you. Can I tell you, and here's another word that the Lord gave me years ago. You better hold on to your Bible. I gave this word, this will age me a little bit, but I'm going to do it anyway, over 20 years ago. You better hold on to your Bible because they're taking it away. Little did I know, I thought they were going to literally come in and just take my Bible away, Pastor Dave. But you know what, Pastor Teresa, they take it away scripture by scripture. The EV, the uh, English version, they've taken, look it up, come on, bet me on it, Google it. I'd appreciate that even, because it might be more. 44 scriptures are not in there. You know, this, the, the scripture that says this can't come about not by much fasting and prayer, it's not in there. They take it away one scripture at a time. It's kind of like the frog in the kettle. They turn the heat up a little bit at a time, and you don't realize they're taking away your Bible one scripture at a time. You better ha- If you got an old Bible, you better hang on to it because it's got the real word in it. Amen? Amen? The rest of them, they just keep taking them out, taking them out, taking them out. And we're not noticing it. One day they will take it all. The only word you will have is the word of God that's already within you. I told my husband, I said, I want to be like my grandpa from Italy. I want to dig a big hole in the yard, bury me a big Chester freezer, fill it with Bibles, cover it over with dirt and sod. And when they come take Bibles, I'm going to be a Bible smuggler. I'm going to go out there and dig in the dirt, pull one out, and say, look what God done grew. It is the seed of man. Amen. The seed of the Lord. Now that gave you time to find Luke 17, verse 11 through 19. And it begins now. Now. It happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria. It's interesting, Samaria means watchtower. And Galilee. And then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten. For those of you that are not Bible scholars, ten is the number of test. There were ten virgins, there were ten plagues. Anytime you see the number ten in the Bible, it's a test. There were ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. It's interesting. They stood afar off, not just because they were leprous, because they didn't want to get anybody else sick. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Isn't it funny? We could be afar off. We cannot want to be around people. But there's something in us that knows who Jesus is. And when we need him, we know how to call upon him. Come on. You're listening to trash. <laughs> on your radio. I feel like the screws are coming out of my car when you drive by me. But boy, when somebody pulls out in front of you and you almost wreck, you're like, Jesus! Right? Because you don't want to go yet. You know, you're not ready yet. So, when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And we'll get into this in a little bit, but why show yourself to a priest? Because a priest doesn't heal. A priest... That wasn't their job. And so it was that as they went, tell your neighbor, walk with it. 
As they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, returned. Now that word returned is hypostrepho. So just H-Y-P-O, strep like strep throat, and then ho, H-O. Hypostrepho. And it literally means to turn around and go the other way. You could find it sometimes translated as repent. And with a loud voice, he glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Interesting. And he was a Samaritan. None of the rest were identified except by their illness. He's a drug addict. He's a loser. He's ignorant. He's worthless. But this one was identified as Samaritan. Where are there are not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Were there not any who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise and go your way, for your faith has made you well. Now some of your translations will say whole. Some of your translations will say maybe healed completely, or whatever the translation is. That word is sozo, S-O-Z-O in the Greek. And it means nothing broken, nothing missing. It means completely whole. Now, it's interesting to me. A lot of us walk around. We're healed, but we're not sozo. We're delivered, but we're not sozo. There's something in us that's broken. And, you know, broken people break people. When somebody has a, a glass or something, you say, don't, oh, be careful. Don't cut yourself. It's not until it's broken that people say, oh, don't walk there. Watch. It'll cut you. See, sometimes broken people break people. Whole people can bring wholeness to people. Aren't you glad you're part of the whole this morning? I see you. You're whole. Leprosy is a disease that lasts, or that the person who has leprosy, only lasts about 10 years, 30 at the most. And it was a terminal illness until 1982, which is very interesting. That doesn't seem that far away from me. It's so contagious that it will almost exterminate an entire nation. The disease takes away all the skin, all the sensitivity to all the pain and to all the injury so that the injury becomes far worse than the original because since you don't know it's hurt and you don't know it's injured, you don't protect it, you don't take care of it, and so oftentimes it's injured more. You can lose limbs, teeth, eyesight, and the disease penetrates the tissue and muscle, bone, and organs. The bacteria invades every part of the body. Leprosy is debilitating and deadly. You often hear leprosy as sin. But can I tell you, there's a lot of things out there that aren't called leprosy that are debilitating and deadly. Anybody had something that was kind of debilitating and deadly? And maybe, just maybe, because it was debilitating and deadly, you felt like you couldn't be with everybody else. Can I tell you, there's some people that feel so bad in this region, they can't be with you like lepers couldn't be at church because they feel like they wouldn't be welcome there because, see, they're different. So you know what they do? They go find somebody they can relate to. See, that's why drug addicts hang out with drug addicts. That's why robbers hang out with robbers. Because if I can relate to you, come on, how many was it at the intensive? I can have a relationship with you. 
And see, when I relate to you on an issue, it doesn't seem so bad. I mean, you're bleeding and I'm bleeding and you've lost a few toes and I've lost a few toes and you've lost a limb and I've lost a limb, so maybe that just will make us a little bit normal. Because see, if it's happening to you and it's happened to me, then we'll just hang out together and we'll kind of have our own colony, right? Because we can understand each other. And if you can understand me and I can understand you, then, then it, it, it's good, right? still deadly. All we know about them is what's wrong with them. Lepers. Isn't it interesting sometimes the very thing that's wrong with us is what identifies us. But until it identifies you and you embrace it for what it is, you don't get healed from it. A lot of you don't know my story, but I was abandoned as a child. That abandonment affected my health, it affected my wealth, it affected my relationships, it affected everything. But I didn't know how deadly it was. I would disconnect from you before you disconnected from me because I was afraid you'd leave again. Because once somebody shows you they can leave, you're afraid everybody's going to leave. Abandonment, leprosy, addiction, fornication, bipolar. Depression, alcoholism, cancer. What identifies you this morning that keeps you colonized? That keeps you from coming in and having a relationship with Jesus Christ? You can call out, Master, have mercy on me. But I'm not going to go walk with you and talk with you. Lepers were considered the lowest of the low. Their disease was considered in many cultures to be a direct curse from God. Isn't it interesting when something's wrong and it's negative and it's bad, we blame God. You lose a child and they say, well, God needed another flower on his table. Let me tell you something. God's got enough flowers in a blink of an eye to put them on the table. He don't need your baby. It's Satan that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Their disease was considered that curse, and since it was communicable, they were ostracized and lived only with those who were also ostracized or cursed. They were believed to be cursed by God, rejected by society, being removed from their families when they needed them most. COVID's from hell. My baby girl had her baby. She had to have it alone. They let her labor for three days. Let me tell you something. If this mom had been in that hospital, that baby come out a lot sooner. All right, now I got to talk to my daughter. I'm still talking to my daughter. I have another one. She ain't, she ain't agreeing with me right now. Y'all pray for that, okay? But they excluded them from their religious practices. They lived in misery. They were hopeless. And leprosy ravaged relationships. What's ravaging your relationship this morning? These lepers were taking precautions imposed by the law to keep their distance from Jesus. But there was still this need for fellowship. Without friends and family knowing that death was imminent, the pain, the suffering, the degradation, they were forced to live outside the community, considered outsiders. Did you ever feel like an outsider? I always felt like a kid at the card table at Thanksgiving. I never felt like I got to sit at the big table. I never felt like I was accepted at the big table. Is there anybody here this morning that you always feel like you're at the card table? You always feel like you're at the bench? You know, you always feel like you're somewhere, but 
Even when you're at the big table, you don't feel like you belong at the big table? Come on. I hear you this morning. As humans, we're made for relationship. We weren't meant to live isolated. The plight of a leper was desperate and desolate. The lepers give us a picture of a sinner who's without any hope. They knew Jesus, but they wouldn't come close. Problem is, we can't save ourselves from sin. There's no cure. Only Jesus. We have no one and nowhere to go, and we're not able to do anything on our own to pull us out of the death trap of sin or leprosy. Without God's help and healing, we live hopeless, hanging out with others just like us. Isn't it interesting? Once you get saved, it seems like you lose all your friends. I mean, you used to be the life of the party, and they invited you. If they were having a party, baby, you were there, right? But now all of a sudden, they have a party, and you ain't even knowing about it. And if you know about it, you surely aren't invited. And at least after the meat's carved and they start cleaning the dishes, it's your turn to go because they're about to bring out something that you're not going to partake of and you're not going to maybe judge them, right? Wrong. If they would just invite you, they might find out you've got something that they need. Amen? But leprosy, deadly, different, no hope. I've been there, desperate, deadly, and no hope. It's one of the reasons I'm here this morning. I want to share with you He is healing for the hopeless. And if you're desperate or you're dying, there is an answer. And you can find it in this house. Sick but too afraid to admit it. If that's you this morning, you first got to get real. See, one of the reasons that Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest, is when you were a leper, you covered up. You didn't want anybody to see you for who you really were. And he's telling you, go show yourself to somebody. Come on, when there's something wrong with us, we don't want to show ourselves to anybody. When there's something wrong with us, we want to hide, don't we? We want to isolate, we want to medicate, we want to do something, but please don't make me go show myself. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus at that moment challenges them to do something out of their comfort zone. Wasn't in their comfort zone to show themselves to anybody. Come on. When I was sick, my midsection went from, hate to admit it to you, but I will. I'm not a 28, okay? My midsection went from about a 30 to a 42. And everywhere I went, I felt like people were looking at me saying, wow, she's too old to be pregnant. Pastorina's really gained a lot of weight. Look how big Pastorina's belly is. And the one thing I didn't want to do is I didn't want to show anybody my leprosy. I didn't want to show anybody what was killing me on the inside. The fact that leopards use the word master to describe Jesus tells us they didn't doubt Jesus. They knew of his miraculous abilities, his reputation. They viewed him as one of having authority. But now they have to go obey him. They have to walk with it. Not only do they have to walk with it, but they have to walk with it and show somebody. See, it's one thing to walk with it and kind of hide it and cover it up and not let anybody know, right? It's another something 
when you got to walk with it and show somebody. They had faith, maybe just a little, but they exercised what it cost, what they had. Go show yourself. Jesus calls us to be transparent, but there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my marriage. There's something wrong with my head. There's something wrong with my finances. And he's going, just walk with it. Just walk with it. And while they walked with it, they were being healed. Why did Jesus bring the priest on the scene? Go show yourself to the priest. I thought that was kind of unusual. I mean, what could the priest do with ten lepers? <laughs> Priests do sacraments, not healings. Numbers 1, or Numbers 19, I'm sorry, verses 1 through 10. And I want to look at this this morning. Numbers 19, verses 1 through 10. Because I believe this is a very prophetic word. He that touches a dead body, oh, wait a minute, 19, I think. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and to Aaron, saying, This is the ordinance of the law which the Lord hath commanded, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring thee a red heifer without spot, wherein is no blemish, and upon which never came a yoke. Everybody say, Jesus. And he shall give her unto Eleazar, the priest, that he may bring her forth without the camp, and one shall slay her before his face. Sounds like Jesus. And Eleazar, the priest, shall take up her blood with his finger and sprinkle the blood directly before the tabernacle of the congregation seven times. Seven is the number of completion. Seven days in a week. Seven means it's done. Okay? And one shall burn the heifer in her sight, her skin and her flesh, and her blood, along with her dung, and shall be burned. And the priest shall take the cedar wood, the hyssop, the scarlet, and cast it into the midst of the burning of the heifer. Then the priest shall wash their clothes, bathe the flesh in water, and afterwards he shall come to the camp, and the priest shall be made unclean until the evening. And he that burneth her shall wash his clothes, and bathe his flesh in water, and shall be unclean till evening. And a man that is clean, a man that is clean, say Jesus, shall gather up the ashes. He always gives us beauty for ashes, doesn't he? And lay them up without the camp in a clean place, and it shall be kept for the congregation of the children of Israel for the water of separation. It is a purification for sin. And he that gather the ashes of the heifer shall wash his clothes and be unclean till evening, and it shall be unto the children of Israel and unto the stranger that sojourneth among them a statute What's it say? Forever. Everybody say that again, forever. Very interesting because red heifers, three years old, Jesus' ministry lasted how long? You guys are good. You know the answers to the questions, all right? So the red heifer was for cleansing, but the ashes were mixed with water to declare them clean. So... During his ministry, Jesus' power to heal was never denied, but always demonstrated. And so Jesus doesn't deny their healing. He just tells them to walk with it, and we're about to see a demonstration. All right? So I declare this demonstration is going to be with you all forever. You're going to remember this. Ashes from the red heifer would declare them to belong again. Ashes from the red heifer would say, you're one of us again. Ashes from the red heifer would say, we can commune together. 
Now, there have been nine red heifers that have been born from Moses to the second building of the temple. Red heifers are very, very rare. And the Jews are still waiting for the tenth red heifer to be born. And when the tenth red heifer is born, do you feel the Holy Ghost this morning? When the tenth red heifer is born, that's when Jesus the Messiah, they say, will be back. There were nine lepers, only one came back. That would certainly spread the word of Jesus' divine authority right there. Ten red heifers born from Moses to the second building of the temple, still waiting on one today. I believe this is symbolic that's saying that Jesus is about to come back and people are going to start turning to Jesus. They're not just going to come to Jesus anymore for a healing. They're not just going to come to Jesus anymore to be restored. They're going to come to Jesus now to be sozoed. They're going to come to Jesus now to be completely brought back into the kingdom of God as children of God. Hallelujah. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Hallelujah. Their faith may have been small, but they knew they had no other option. Maybe you've run out of options. If you've never run out of options, let me tell you, running out of options is a life changer. It's not just a game changer. When you run out of options and you have no one to look to, but Jesus. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there's a common expression. People were asked Jesus to heal him. Please have pity on me. They recognized their pitiful situation, but God's mercy would be exhibited when there's no other answer. Tell your neighbor, say, walk with it. Come on, walk with it. Just walk with it. Amen. In Titus 3, verse 4 and 7, speaking of God's mercy, it says, but when the kindness of God God, our Savior, his love for mankind appeared. He saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we'd done in righteousness, but according to his mercy. By the washing of the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified, that just means just as if, justified, just as if you never sinned, justified. By his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The one who turned back to give God praise was a Samaritan. He was a foreigner. In other words, he wasn't considered a child of God. Can I tell you, there's some foreigners about to come into the house. Jesus, Jesus. John 1.11 says, he came unto his own, but his own received him not. Can I tell you, there's a whole bunch of kids out there that need a daddy. Some of them are 60, 70, 80 years old, but they still need Abba Daddy. Amen. Hallelujah. He returned to Jesus. He praised God. He fell on his face. See, this last one, the Samaritan, he didn't just want the benefits. He wanted the bath. Too many people want the benefits without the bath. They want the healing, but they don't want the humility. Can I tell you, you can't get one without the other. Amen. The ten leopards were cleansed, but the half-pagan foreigner was made whole. The other nine went to the temple to show themselves to the priests. But when you go back to show the priests, you're going to a temple made with human hands. And the nine of them were so used to religion, they just walked like processionary caterpillars 
just like everybody else walked, going back to the same old church, going back to the same old priest. They had the information, but they didn't have the revelation. One had the information that if he'd go showed himself to the priest, everything would be okay. But one had the revelation, I think somebody's behind me, and I think he's the real priest. I think he's the healer. I think he's Jehovah. I think he's my glory and the lifter of my head. I think he's the one that said I was made healed as I walk. I'm going to walk with it, but I'm going to walk back to the one who healed me. I'm going to walk back to the one who's the real thing. Amen? Hallelujah. Can I tell you, information will get you so far, but revelation will bring you all the way. If we receive from God our daily blessings, you know what? That's just information. But if we receive everything that God has for us, that's a new revelation. Do you want Jesus to just fix up your life a bit? Or do you want to go all the way? Amen. Turn our back on religion and turn towards relationship. Amen. Faith serves our master in humility for the privilege, not just the prestige. See, it's a privilege to serve Jesus. A privilege. Not just a badge we wear that says, I'm a Christian. I do my, I do my duty. No. I'm a Christian. I have a relationship with Jesus. I'd like to bring up that first slide. While they're bringing up this first slide, I want to say that I didn't have leprosy but I had a death sentence my husband and I didn't tell anybody not even your pastors exactly what they said and we did call your pastors and tell them we had an issue and we needed prayer and they told you all and you all prayed for me for 72 hours and in 72 hours things started to change I wouldn't be standing before you today, I don't believe, had you not prayed. So it was May 25th. I tried to hold off through Memorial Day. I was going to wait till after the holiday, and I was going to go to the hospital because I had a really bad pain in my right side. At the hospital, they looked at me like I was a leper because when they came in, I was in shock. They said, you have cirrhosis of the liver. And I am naive about medical terminology, but I did know cirrhosis of the liver happens to alcoholics because my mother is one. And so when they said, you have cirrhosis of the liver, I said, I can't. You have to have a mistake because I don't drink. Now, I do or I did because I don't now because when God heals you, you change. I grew up Italian, and my granddaddy pinched my cheek, and if it didn't turn pink right away, he'd say, give her some vino because they thought that was good for your blood and make your anemia go away or whatever. And I would toast at a wedding. I would occasionally have a glass of wine with my spaghetti. I am a no drinker at this point in my life, and I will never drink from the vine again until I drink it with my father who is in heaven. Amen. So I said, well, you know, I did, like, you know, toast at a wedding or, you know, occasionally have a glass of wine with my spaghetti. And they were like, Kind of felt like Madagascar. Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Y'all remember Jody? 
So they just smirked at me. And they said, well, you don't have to be a drinker to have cirrhosis. You probably have some type of hepatitis. Well, then you might as well, you know, accuse me of something. I took that as kind of a slam in the face. Well, they said, well, you didn't have to really run around on your husband or have, you know, intercourse with anybody or IV drug use. But they're looking at me like I did. Come on, anybody been there? And so they're just kind of being snarly at me, and the looks got a little bit worse. And as you can see there, my discharge was, my discharge diagnosis was cirrhosis of the liver. I had an ovarian cyst, and ascites is what happens when your abdominal cavity fills with fluid. And so my stomach kept growing because it was filling with fluid. And that's one of the last stages of cirrhosis of the liver, which I later found out. All right. So Apostle Joe and I were in shock. I said, don't people die from that? The doctor said, yes. I was literally in shock and awe from the experience. I said, so you just gave me a death sentence? And they said, yes. Very matter of fact. And my husband, when they stepped out, said, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that. <laughs> I wasn't planning for that. And I said, me neither. And I said, I guess we'll have to tell the kids. And that was going to be a tough one. <laughs> but we didn't tell anybody for a while. We waited like 24 hours. Then I called my pastor. Anybody got some good pastors? I got some good pastors. And that was my first phone call was to my pastors. And after I called my pastors, I called your pastors because I know their character. And I know they pray. And I know they're men and women of faith. And I know they wouldn't say anything. And God bless Pastor Teresa because she said, I don't even know, want to know the diagnosis because I don't want to mess with my faith. And so she didn't even know the diagnosis. <clears throat> and the next slide tells you that cirrhosis is a late stage of scarring of the liver caused by many forms of liver disease and conditions such as hepatitis or chronic alcoholism, which I had neither been tested for all hepatitises, and praise God, they're all negative too. <laughs> um, so for two days, we were in shock, and I continued to get worse. We did tell our immediate families, and in 24 hours, the pain got so severe, I had to go back to the hospital. I couldn't stand the pain. And so I didn't want to go back to the previous hospital because they had, this is what they said exactly, this is a trauma unit. You've not experienced trauma. You have a disease, and there's nothing we can do for you. And so there's, you can, we're discharging you. Now, I'm in severe pain. They're discharging me because there's nothing they can do for me. So when I continued to get worse, I went to a different hospital. And um, I, I told them when I got there, and this is what they said. We don't believe that they've made a correct diagnosis. Um, we're going to do more blood tests, we're going to do an MRI, we're going to do another CAT scan. And when they came back, they said, we don't agree with that at all. Now, I know that's the power of prayer. But see, I had to walk with it. <laughs> sometimes you have to walk with it. And, and sometimes walking with it is hard. And walking with it is hard when you have faith that God will heal and that you believe God is good and you don't believe that no weapon formed against you will prosper. It's hard to walk with it. But I'm encouraging somebody in this room this morning, you've got to walk with it. 
it, it can be assigned to you, but until you receive it and believe it, you don't have to conceive it. See, I, I had the information, I had the diagnosis, but I said to myself, God, I, I, I don't want to die. I want to live. And I did what I always do. I put the word in. I did what I always do. I hooked myself up to the source of life. If you're sick in here this morning, I'm telling you, get 24 hour a day scriptures playing the music on YouTube. Do something and get it in your ear because faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. You have got to do something. You just can't make a phone call and think everything's going to be all right. You got to walk with it too. Amen. Everybody say walk with it. So I didn't go for the information. I turned towards my revelation. I turned towards the priest. I turned towards the Jesus of my life. I said, I'm going to be the one out of ten. And you know what? It's interesting that one out of ten is a tenth. And if you're not tithing, that, that gives the enemy a big occasion. And I want to encourage you. I'm a tither. And you know what? He said he'll rebuke the devourer for my sake because I'm a tither. And you know what? I said, God, I'm a tither. Hallelujah. This is a devourer. You need to rebuke this Amen? The tithe came back to glorify God, and then we see the whole. The tithe recognizes who the author and the finisher is. Hallelujah. The tithe, the heifer, amen? The next slide shows uh, the cirrhosis of the liver, the scarring, and the next slide shows the, the, a, a healthy liver and a, and a cirrhotic liver. Everybody say, keep walking. Listen, this is the thing with cirrhosis. It doesn't have any signs. It doesn't have any symptoms until the damage is extensive. You don't know it until it's too late. All right? And when the signs and symptoms do incur, they include several things. And out of the list of all of these things, I had most of them. But I just thought it was my gallbladder. I just thought it was age. I just thought I was tired. I just, I just never thought that the devil would try that. See, I had just gotten over abandonment. Emotionally, I was healed. Emotionally, I knew I was accepted. Emotionally, I wasn't wearing a mask for anybody anymore. Emotionally, I knew I was okay. I mean, sometimes you think when mama leaves you, you're worthless. If mama leaves you, you're worthless. I mean, daddy can leave and you think you're okay. But when your mom leaves you, you don't think you're okay. And I spent my first 65 years of my life thinking I was not okay. And now I finally think I'm okay. And now I'm 66 years old. And now physically he comes after me. Now he's going to take me out. Now that I know who I am, now that I'm okay. I don't think so. Come on, devil, make my day. I felt like Clint Eastwood on the inside. Amen. You can look at the next slide. That's the way my belly was looking. But I kept walking. Look at your name and say, walk with it. I mean, Pastor Teresa was in my room, and I, in the living room, and I said, don't let me die. And she said, you're not going to die. Sometimes you just got to walk with it, and you got to walk with people who love you and people that believe in you. You are the wealthiest people in the world in this church. You may not know what you have, but I promise you, if you've ever got a need, you're going to find out. Just walk with it. 
Walk with the people that God puts in your life. Don't go with the nine that are just going for religion. You go with the one that's got the revelation. Amen. I kept walking on the revelation and prayer began to change things. But it didn't happen overnight. It happened one day at a time. It happened not in 72 hours. Not in 72 days. It took from around May 14th to just not too long ago. Before I could zip up my jeans again. That was a good day. (laughs) We have to stop walking in old information. Leave behind traditions and start walking to Jesus. Let's look at the next slide. This was my discharge diagnosis on 727. Remember it was 522? The liver is within normal limits of size. The innumerable scattered T2 bright tiny lesions, those are just bright lights. How many know Jesus is the light of the world? Several of these demonstrate early, early arterial enhancement And then it says these are favored to represent a combination of flash-filling hemangiomas. And you know what that is? That's a cluster of blood blood vessels. And Pastor Teresa said, I believe God's going to give you a new liver. Well, let me tell you something. The guy who who finished my thing says, it just looks like a new liver. There's just a whole lot of blood going in there. There's a lot of new blood vessels. And he said, I can't explain it. And I thought, I can. Amen? I can. And so then if you look at the next side, everything they went after, because they said, well, it's got to be something, it's got to be this. They went for my gallbladder, and you look at the side, it says, gallbladder, unremarkable. In other words, nothing wrong with it. They looked at my pancreas, and you'll notice it says, pancreas is within normal limits. Amen? Everybody say, keep walking. Then they looked at my adrenals, and they said, no adrenal nodules. All right? And then I have a couple here that I'll share with you. They said, well, it's got to be your parathyroid hormone, your T3, your T7. All of those came back normal. The only thing that I ended up with was a really high calcium level, but my last two calcium levels have been perfectly normal. Today's turnaround day, amen? Hallelujah. We're the one out of ten, and we're going to turn around and go back to Jesus today because... He is the ashes of the red heifer that gives us something beautiful. Amen. Somebody needs to sense that they need to turn around today. And I brought some things. And if that's you, that you just need to turn around. There's something wrong with your health. You got leprosy. Maybe you've been hiding it. Maybe you've been hanging out with everybody else that has leprosy too. I don't know who you are, but I want you to come up. Just come on up to the altar. And if the musicians could come. And I'm going to include in this, as, as people are coming, if you've been robbing God, now's the time to come. Amen? If you've been complaining, God hates complaining. If, if maybe you don't know the difference between religion and relationship, it's time to come today. Because you've been trying real hard with religion. Let me tell you something. Religion will fail you every time. Religion will make you mad. Because religion doesn't have what you need. I hear you, Lord. Somebody said, I'm not going up front because, you know what? I went up front one time and nothing happened. 
Well, you know what? You got to walk with him. Today will be your day. I didn't say maybe today will be your day. I said today will be your day. Amen. Pastor Dave, would you help me? I'm going to have Pastor Dave stand on one side and I'm going to stand on the other. And um, Pastor Dave, let's stand right here. And as they come, I want you to just hand those to them, okay? Yeah, Pastor Teresa, could you help me too? got some more stand on the other side of me and then what you'll do is you'll come up this way pastor come over here sweetie um, if you go this way pastor Teresa will give you one if you go this way pastor Dave will give you one and then uh, I got some more here if somebody will hand me those when I need them all right hallelujah Lord I thank you for healing today emotionally mentally and physically I thank you today is the last day of leprosy in his life I thank you, Lord God, he doesn't colonize himself with other people that, that he can relate to, but that he begins to walk with new people, and if he has to, he walks alone. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. Hallelujah. Today, 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 today is a turnaround day. Oh, you knew religion, but the Lord said you're going to know relationship in a whole new way. In a whole new way. And because of what she's about to give you, she's going to put a hand in, in your hand. You're going to be able to reach out and, and evangelist anointing is going to come on you for people that are like you. People that are like you. And people that like you, you're going to be able to bring them in. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for healing this woman right now in the name of Jesus. You're concerned about your body. You're concerned about some things, some, concerned about some symptoms. The Lord said, don't look at them, look at me. Don't look at the symptoms, look at me. I'm about to do a new thing in your body right now. Healing Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord said, let them lepers go. You ain't one of them. <laughs> you ain't one of them. Ooh, it don't matter how much you hang out with them. It don't matter that you look like them. It don't matter that you did what they did. You're different. You're not them. I thank you every deadly desire you've ever had is defeated right now in the name of Jesus. Deadly desires, you're defeated in the name of Jesus. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Ooh, you're a new man today. It's your day. <laughs> you're not even going to want some things you've wanted before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for healing this woman of God. Thank you right now, Lord God. Pour it out. Pour it out, Lord God. No more religion, only relationship. Everything that you knew about when you were kids, gone in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There it is. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, I thank you right now. Woo. God's going to cut off some people you've been hanging out with. But you know what? You've got a hand in the hand right now. You're going to start reaching out to somebody. And I see you pulling somebody out of something. I mean, really pulling somebody out of something. You're going to be their lifeline. And God's going to use you to pull other young people out of some things. You have no idea what God saved you for. Lord, I thank you. He's delivered. 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 Delivered right now. Devil, you can't have him in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, be thou delivered and be thou made whole. In Jesus' name, hooks come out. Thank you for listening to New Destiny Christian Center's message of the week. We pray that this message bless you in your walk with God. Visit us on our website at www.newdestinychristiancenter.com 
or on our Facebook or Instagram pages.